but our community segment reunites us with Alan Adler for Truck Tech, and we talk about how autonomous technology providers have been changing partners with OEMs to get their product to scale. And I can't help but think we're also going to be talking a little bit about some recent changes at Nikola as mm -hmm. well. Alan, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Good morning, guys. Yeah, busy morning already. Uh, we were just anticipating the earnings coming out from Nikola, and then bang, they said, you know what? We're going to change CEOs again. And so they are. For the third time in less than a year, uh, we now have Steve Gursky, a name pretty familiar to us, who's been the chairman and actually was the person whose company, Vecto IQ, brought Nikola public back in 2020. So Gursky's been around for the whole ride at Nikola. Now he's running the show on a day-to-day -day basis. This is a big surprise on a couple of fronts. One is, uh, you know, when you get an issue like this where a family uh, emergency comes up, and that's what we're being told is the reason Michael Loescheller is leaving the company and the board, as a matter of fact, at the end of the month. So don't know what exactly happened here, but we've got a lot of coincidences in play. Yesterday, Nikola finally got the authorization that it needed to double its number of outstanding shares, which will presumably give them enough opportunity to raise capital to keep the business moving, get fuel cell trucks out the door, continue building out a hydrogen infrastructure for fuel. These are the business pieces. Uh, the drama, which has honestly been underway for probably three years now, uh, you know, comes back home with Gursky taking over. We'll get to know more later this morning. But what we do know about Steve um, is that he comes out of uh, uh, originally um, off of Wall Street, then worked with uh, as advisors the UAW for some time, was the vice chairman at General Motors in the 2000s and actually was uh, ran the Opal business, which they later sold off and is now part of Stellantis. So Gursky has a lot of background. He certainly knows the business, um, is, is probably still a, a Wall Street mover, if you will. Um, but now he's going to presumably be spending some time in Phoenix, um, as hot as it is out there, because that's where Nikola is based. Yeah, this is an interesting story. And as you mentioned, we've got earnings coming up at about mm, 9.30 this morning. So a little, little less than a half an hour. Alan, as far as those earnings go, what are we expecting to hear from Nikola? We've, of course, seen them on a hot streak this week of really pretty good news, ending it with a bang, I would say, on your Friday with both earnings and now the CEO change. But what are we anticipating to see as far as numbers go? Well, the, the numbers are out, Kaylee, and, and basically they their loss widened a bit, but they improved their cash position because of a lot of asset sales. You know, they got out of their joint venture with Aveco in Europe, brought in $35 million doing that. Not exactly sure how much they brought in from uh, basically selling their property in Phoenix, <laughs> Arizona, and then leasing back the plant space, maybe $50 million there. But basically, they've got a little bit more runway on a cash basis and because of these new shares being authorized, they've got a lot more opportunity, as I said. Um, on the actual number side, you know, these are still relatively small numbers. The loss is wider than it was a year ago. Uh, they're selling off what they can of the inventory of battery electric trucks that they made. Remember that the, the line now, which on the 31st, uh, is basically dedicated to fuel cell truck manufacturing, uh, can still build battery electric trucks, but they're only going to do that on an ordered basis. So no more production of battery electric trucks, uh, uh, you know, in regular serial production, rather they'll focus on the fuel cells. Now, the first of those uh, presumably will be delivered by the end of September, according to 
uh, their announcements this morning around earnings. I need a little bit more time to dig into it. It does appear, though, that they did beat the estimates. Uh, again, we're talking losses, not positives here um, that uh, that the analysts who cover the company uh, put out there. Definitely some interesting numbers coming out from the initial findings from their earnings. Alan, I'm sure we'll dive into some more of that detail, but we have to get to this week's edition of Trek Tech. Give us the theme. I'm sure it's a good one. It is. I, I hope it is anyway. If you guys remember uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, and Kayla, you could be a little young. I don't know. But uh, there was a song that uh, Stephen Stills gets credit for that he performed called Changing, uh, Change Partners a number of years ago. And that was the uh, musical inspiration, if you will, for the newsletter. Um, I had an opportunity a couple of weeks ago on Truck Tech, on the TV version of, the, of Truck Tech, to talk with Don Burnett about and from Kodiak Robotics about what are you going to do to get a manufacturing partner that will help you with a with a redundant chassis? These are the things that have to happen when you don't have a driver in the truck and something goes wrong. You need a backup system. And the companies that have these uh, partners, like Aurora has with both Packar and Volvo, uh, you know, are helping to design a specific ground-up chassis. Well, this was going on uh, for quite some time with Too Simple and Nikola, like two and a half years before they broke up last December. Nikola, uh, excuse me, I'm, Nikola's on the brain this morning, guys. But uh, Too Simple uh, may or may not stay in this market. They did, have not come up with another partner for a chassis, and Kodiak never had one. So I asked Don Burnett, I said, how would Navistar work as a partner for you? Uh, you know, to to you know, they've got a lot of work into the redundant chassis already. He said, they'd be a great partner at... Navistar really isn't saying much of anything at this point. They're still evaluating. But uh, it sounds like, uh, you know, it was just kind of an idle question. But, you know, it came up because the other guest in that show was Brett Suma, who's the CEO and founder of Loadsmith. And Brett had originally planned to buy uh, autonomous trucks from Too Simple, but then switched out and ended up with, uh, with Kodiak. So that kind of got me thinking, well, wait a minute, if all that's out there and, you know, Navistar's out there and we had asked them months ago what they were going to do in the sort of post too simple environment. And they were they kind of said, well, we'll get back to you on that. And uh, so far, they're obviously still looking at it. So is this idle speculation? Maybe I call it just real speculation rather than idle, though. All right, Alan, I'm going to throw you some idle speculation then. Obviously, we heard the news from Waymo earlier this week that they're pulling out of the autonomy space, but still planning on developing that redundant chassis with the Daimler truck. Couldn't we maybe see maybe a three-fold partnership? You've got Kodiak that's got the autonomy, no redundant chassis. Waymo, that's now no autonomy. But with the redundant chassis and the partner in the OEM, maybe are we looking at a three-way partnership? Could that be idle speculation? I, I think more importantly, Burnett says that all of the truck makers will eventually be, you know, doing the Kodiak system because eventually it's going to become a customer issue. If a customer says we want the Kodiak driver, then, and we're talking years from now, not next week, uh, then the the companies are going to basically be on the hook to, to provide those. Um, much the way customers today at Daimler, since you brought them up, can choose between uh, a Cummins engine and a, a Daimler truck engine, you know, built by built by uh, Detroit. So, you know, this idea of having, um, you know, multiple partners is absolutely in the cards out there down the road. Again, quite a few years out, but it's something where eventually I think you could see, uh, you know, Kodiak systems on a multitude of, of, of different trucks. Um, it was interesting that, uh, 
that that Embark before it went under actually did do uh, development of one on a Kenworth, um, which was again that's wait a minute isn't that somebody else's partner? Well, the important thing is these are not exclusive partnerships, and eventually the OEMs will drive what what uh, uh, autonomous systems they use. And and right now again as we've talked about, we're getting down to the number of companies that are really viable and pursuing this and have enough money. Now, it's interesting, I have to throw in there too, that Aurora actually, you know, which just recently closed a couple of uh, a private and a public funding round is now up to $850 million of new money. And they say that will take them out beyond their commercial launch at the end of 2024 into the second half of 2025. So, uh, you know, for those that are standing, um, there's a lot of optionality out there. It sounds like it's going to be a great newsletter that's going to get released this morning. Alan, thanks so much for joining us this morning and giving us a sneak peek. Okay, thanks, guys. And of course, head on over to FreightWaves.com forward slash truck dash tech to get subscribed if you are not already there. We're going to hand things on over to Tony Mulvey and Donnie Gilbert. They've got our first carrier update this morning.